Oh, yeah. I like that every time. That's been gotten after. I, every, every week I'm like, oh, I'm changing. Okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to change it. And then I listen to it. I'm like, it's growing on me. It like, is. Why not leave it like that? Whatever. Yep. Yep. If this is your first time listening, my name is Brian. My name is Joe. You're listening to the Get After It podcast, episode five. On the next episode, because you're going to be listening, uh, once you hear this episode, you're going to continue on. On the next episode, you're going to hear us announce episode five as well. But at the end of the episode, we make a correction, and it is episode six, the next one. It's one of those things that's going to be, it's going to endear us to you. You're going to be like, oh, these guys are... I mean, they're incorrigible. They're just laughing right through their mistakes. Ah, isn't that fun? We went, yeah, we went 45 minutes of that episode thinking it was episode five. And I don't know what happened, but we, we corrected it. Something, something rang our bell and we got it and we figured it out. It was you. I, I still, I, I, I always needed you to explain to me when they're coming out, like, and how the order, I mean, I'll get it soon because, but it's all like, I'm confused. You could tell me like, this was still episode four and i'd be like well maybe like okay yeah and i'd yeah. just kind of go along with it and then maybe i'd go back and like check up on you and be like i don't know maybe <laughs> i check up on this guy i think he's trying to pull one over on me yeah no I'm, I'm not trying to pull one over and i i think it's just because of how easy this has been for us so far it it's uh it's been uh, fulfilling is the wrong word but it hasn't been energy draining. I guess that's the best way. You know, there's things in your life that drain your energy and there's things that, that give energy. And I think this is one thing, just the way we kind of feed off of each other. Yeah. It hasn't, it hasn't really drained me. It's been easy as eating fruit out of a bowl. Which you are currently doing. Does it make a sound? Can you hear that? Yeah. You can hear the grape and mm. I think raspberry. Is it oh good? my God. That's like an explosion of flavor in my mouth. <laughs> it's like the freshest grape and raspberry ever. Why don't you see raspberry grape drinks? <laughs> you do. You do. You may not, but there there are raspberry grape mm. drinks, I think. I don't drink juice. <laughs> um, today we have fruit and donuts and coffee here because we brought in we brought in Dave. Yeah. We got Dave with us. Um, shoot, I was gonna double check your last name. Don't tell me. Stevenson. It's just Stevenson. There's no middle in, but you wouldn't be the first person that made the mistake. So Stevenson. Right. Stevenson. Okay. So but before we really introduce him, are there any announcements we need to make? Announcements. Um, ooh, I, I, I have a question. Okay. <clears throat> Do we know anything more about the brew? About the? Yeah, I need to go in and I'm going to go in and talk to him today. The coffee bean yeah. um, blend. Yeah, the, the, the special special doing. roast, special mm-hmm. roast or signature. There we go, signature mm-hmm. roast that we'll be doing. The get after it roast. Mm-hmm. We we do know, and, and we've announced it already, so we're not going to beat a dead horse here. Um, the beans don't come from dead mm-hmm. horses. That's not what I'm trying to allude to. But we do know it's going to come from Guatemala, and uh, very soon, I'm, I'm assuming in the next couple of weeks, you and I will be in Albanco doing a recording of the tasting. We don't call it a cupping anymore, even though that's no the, the official thing. It just sounds weird to say cupping. So we're going to do the tasting <laughs> and figure out which of the two roasts he makes we, we want to do. And we'll record, you know, some of those cool sounds of coffee pouring and us slurping the coffee and things like that. That'd be amazing. Yeah. That, the cupping word, though, it's like moist, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. It it's is. just another it's, word you could use, right? <laughs> yeah. Tasting is what we can use. And so, uh, yeah, we have that coming. I did want to say, I don't know if you noticed, I'm not driving my truck. I didn't. I was going to ask you about your sweet ride, man. Yeah, and so on Saturday, I went fishing with my son, and right before we got to this pond, got a flat tire. Mm. And I knew I needed new tires. When you get a, uh, uh, tires from the dealership, 
they're like, you know, when you think about plies and stuff, yeah. they're like negative two ply. Oh yeah. And so anyway, I, I, I was trying to wait until closer to the hunting season, as close as I could possibly get to hunting season to change them out. Mm-hmm. So I get this flat and my son and I, like a pit crew, man, 10 minutes, we get this thing switched out. We end up going to the pond, great fishing, then driving home, there's construction, um, out here, I don't know what the highway is, but the one that goes to like Haver, Loma, all of that, that highway. Mm-hmm. There's construction for like 10, 15 miles. In that, got another flat tire, but I didn't notice until we were in town. And I'm not like 12 PSI because I got the little digital, you know, readout or whatever up, up there. And it says 12 PSI. I'm like, well, I got to get home. Like, there's nothing else I can do besides pull over and leave my truck wherever it's at. And so I got home. This, this, man, this is turning out to a longer story, but I have a little horrible it's not this great um air compressor and i couldn't we just moved and so i couldn't find the air compressor connection Mm. for the tire so then i had to get in my daughter's car go down to ace or north 40 and and pick up the air compressor thing then bring it back and then because my air compressor is so bad you can only do like 10 pounds of of pressure at a time right and the thing is like constantly it's trying to like make it and maybe i'm just using it wrong but it's it's not a good one and so yeah two flat tires my truck is at the tire shop right now waiting to spend thousands of dollars to um get my dodge ram get some proper with some proper 10 ply tires on tires yeah (laughs) and so and so that's what happened i did want to i did want to share that with everyone but i have to say it's all about the outlook, right? I could have been just totally defeated and and not excited about the day, but yeah, the day ended up being great. We we caught some fish while we were out there. We got back. I I, got, I did get the car to the tire shop, and then later it was my brother's birthday last weekend, and so we were like, oh, we're gonna go night fishing, and so then we head up to Holter in his oh. truck with his boat, mm-hmm. and we get to Craig, which is the turnoff to get to Holter, and there's a big fire. Mm-hmm. There's a huge fire, so we can't even get there. So then we had to turn oh. around and come back, and so the day was full of like defeat. But just trying to keep a positive attitude through all of that defeat. And it was great. It ended up being a great day. Yeah. I mean, you didn't burn up in a fire. I did not. I did not burn up in a fire. For goodness sake. Wasn't stuck somewhere where I didn't have cell phone service, you know, with flat tires. that The flat tires were in the right area, you know. I was able to get home. And so all of that was good. But we don't need to, we don't need to expound anymore. I think we need to get Dave here, right? We need to bring him into this. All right. But we're coming back to that. Okay, um, we can. I'll, we can. I'll kind of touch on that. But I think people often forget that tires on your vehicle are like your feet and your shoes. I mean, mm-hmm. they are the thing that touches the most. You get around because of them. So while it is an investment every time, it is somewhat of a worthwhile investment. You know, maybe you don't need tinted windows or fancy rims or I'm not saying you did, but whoever. But mm-hmm. you know, if you get – I, I, my brother's always driven home to me, and I've driven home to my kids, a good set of tires, a good set of shoes – you know, soak your feet at the end of the day and some Epsom salt. Just take care of yourself right? on the part that means the most. You know, a little less about your hair, a little more about your feet. And yep. So so it's good to hear that story. And that you didn't didn't get defeated. You just pressed on and yep. could have been a blowout and you could have flipped your vehicle. Could have been a million different things, but instead it was just simple. And Yep, yep. and it, it all worked out. And I agree with you. I, I actually talked to my son about that. I was like... I knew I needed tires, and and now like I'm not going to go get like the cheapest tires I can find. Like right, this is right. this is where you want to invest in right. your vehicle. Yep. Yeah, learned. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Do your own tinting, right? Like you right. don't have to take that in yep. because it's not gonna it's not gonna stop your vehicle from running. But your tires, 
man, if you're you're out somewhere where you don't have service, that can really mm-hmm. really be a damper on things. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you see how right. Dave you see how Dave likes that. That's why I asked him on the show. Right. I was like, Dave's gonna get just because he likes everything that he, you well, say. Well, he likes getting after things. <laughs> yeah. You know, he likes people that are like pulling themselves up and like doing the thing, and you know. Anyways, on that note, uh, uh, I mean, on that note, I like perspective. I like you know you could have looked at it like it was a bad day, but instead you mm-hmm. you knew you were going to need tires at some point. Unfortunately, it came faster than you thought it was going to, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was Man. coming no matter what. And you got to be with your brother and your son and have a good day. And here mm-hmm. we are. So dang right on the get get after it podcast here with our guest Dave Stevenson from DDM. That's Dave's Detail and Maintenance here in Great Falls, Montana. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Radio and well, push. and how did you, how did you guys meet? How did this? How did we get to here today? Okay, let me try. Um, I think it was through Charlie. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it through Charlie Maxwell? Yep. He's your cousin. No, nope, he's say. my step brother, if you will. But we've been doing it so long, we leave the step out of it. So he's yeah, he's my oldest brother. Brothers. Yep, and that's how I met Joe years and years and years ago. So mm-hmm. my uh, my good friend Charlie Maxwell, who works at Roadhouse, by the way, shout out you guys, delicious right. burgers, mm-hmm. good job, Charlie, delicious fries, as always. <laughs> We mentioned we mentioned them in the next episode. Oh yeah, um, in the next episode, um, you'll be hearing us go gush about those guys. But anyways, thanks for coming on, Dave. Um, so I wanted to bring you on because we met out in Fort Benton. You were kind of doing the um, Treasure State Truck Show, and you let me know that this was the first time you'd ever done one of these. And I was like, man, because I remember when I first met you all those years ago, you were, I believe, working as maybe not even as a mechanic that time, but I'm pretty sure the lithium mechanic yep, for Dodge. Yep. Um, and I think you had even kind of had this idea, like, you know, I, I just, I kind of want to be in a business of my own. And then, um, I'll let you tell that story though. Cause so like, there you were, you were, you were kind of working for the man, let's say, and you're like, I just think there's something else. So what, what happened? I, uh, I, I, I'm a guy who, who likes to do my own thing per se. I mean, I had a t-shirt in high school that said I had an authority problem mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm a very respectful man, but. I just am very hard-headed also, so I like to take the blame for things that may go wrong in mine. So let's say Lithia, for example, some of the higher-ups and I didn't always get along. It was just kind of a, a butt in the road. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I had, had gone on to then Procraft and was turning wrenches there and um, started detailing as a second job, and I've always loved semis. I went to schools for diesel mechanics down in Billings, okay. and... Uh, so we started detailing cars, and one of my good friends from high school, Rob Pettipiece, asked him, hey, you want to do this with me? Just a second job, make a little extra money. So we started doing that, and then uh, I used to work at Motor Power on Top Hill, so I texted them and said, hey, do you guys need your semis cleaned or washed or anything? And they said, yeah, well, we'll send you a used one to clean up. Hmm. And so when they did that, then ultimately we had to make the choice if we wanted to stay in our jobs that we were at or go full-time detailing. So we just decided, you know, we were looking for jobs and we found these ones. We can probably find another job if we had to. Let's just try it. And that was almost eight years ago. So doing good there. Eight years ago. Eight years ago. And, oh, man, it's detailing. But but that, I, I can't imagine, like, I mean, I can. I've, I've done a few similar things, but I, I've never started my, my own business. And I can't imagine, like, that day you made the decision. Right, and you you turn in your notice, and you're like, okay, like it's now. I can't get mad at the bosses for not getting you know work to me and right. not getting things. Like oh, it's yeah. all on you. Yeah. How did that feel? You know, I find a lot of peace in that. I really do mm. because, like, let's say if if I'm going to do a car part, I pull a plastic piece off or something, it breaks, and I'm the one that did it. 
I'm okay with that because then I don't get mad at anybody or, or, uh, you know, it's all on my fault. So I like to be the driving force behind the work. I like to know what's going on and stuff. So it it was scary at first to, to kind of go out on your own and you have to push yourself far outside of your comfort zone, go talk to people, you know, push your work. Even when people are getting tired of hearing about you, you right. still got to do it. And, uh, but it, it's fun. Uh, people tell me that a lot that, uh, we don't, we don't know how you get up and go to work every day. Cause a lot of people have a boss that makes sure they're there to get the work done mm-hmm. where Rob and I don't necessarily, but if we don't get the work done, we don't make money. So, is money the driving factor behind it? Yeah, but there's a lot of other, you know, things that, that keep us going. The smile on people's faces, the amount of relationships we've got to make because of small business has opened our eyes to Great Falls itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in Cascade, so I've been in Great Falls my whole life, but there's parts of Great Falls that I had never seen before until small business. And when we first started the chamber, we were on the chamber group with other small businesses, and it was a good group, and I'm still very close with that core group of people, and the word of mouth and stuff like that really, really helped us grow and get to where we're at now. So The Great Falls Chamber does a pretty good job, actually. They, they have, do. They have some good events, and they help small businesses mm-hmm. get the word out. They, yep. they do a good job. They do a really good name of getting your name out there and stuff, so yeah. taking care of you. Yeah, I agree. You guys know Shane, then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yep. Salt of the earth, that yep. one. Yeah, he's I, a great guy. If Shane's listening, we got. I'm going to send him a link. Okay, because he's a guy that I just want to go hunting with. Sorry, I'm on a tangent. Like he just described to me how well that he 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 like bemoans people that will bring their their um their whatever the animal to the processor. He's like, mm-hmm. no, no, just take a knife and this, and I can get ten times more than you would ever get from those people. And they don't even give you your own meat back. Right, right. <laughs> and I'm like. I've, I just want to go hunting with this guy. And I'm not even a big hunter. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, 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 not to get down on a, rap, a bunny trail, a rabbit trail, but I, I agree with him. There's been several years where I've brought it to the processor and you mm-hmm. end up paying quite a bit of money. But if you buy your own, you know, grinder and um, uh, food saver, you know, like vacuum sealer, mm-hmm. it takes like a year, maybe two to to pay that off, you know, and then I think in the amount, there's always like, you don't get your own meat, you don't get enough. I would definitely agree you don't get enough, but those people that are, that are putting together your package of meat, they don't care as much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's, there's also stuff they're leaving in the meat that you probably wouldn't, you know, or, you know, you're not, that you, you, you clean it up way better than I think. uh, Yeah. And I think that's a good way to put what Dave's saying, you know, and even Shane, you know, Hey, shout out again, Shane, good job, you know, doing the um, chamber of commerce, because I feel like he's metaphorically taken his own knife to the chamber of commerce and just like really, you know, breathing his own spirit into it. Mm -hmm. Like we all would like to do, Mm -hmm. you know, you're frustrated at work because you're like, man, I would do it differently, but you know, the, my bosses or the corporate structure won't allow me to do the thing that I just know would get the job done for the customer, which is all we want to do as small business owners. Mm-hmm. And then you, you just kind of want to take your own knife and show them how it's done and yep. say, listen, when you do it just like this, from my opinion, you get the customer a few more pounds of meat. Right. And so that's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, I'm and working on my hunting, hunting metaphors. Well, and definitely a shout out to Shane too, because he, uh, for uh, quite a while pursued, uh, you know, I work at Childbridge 
and uh, we're a Christian nonprofit that finds foster families. And he pursued us quite a bit to help us get the word out in Great Falls. And and unfortunately, our headquarters wouldn't let us invest in, in actually becoming a member of the chamber, at least not yet. Okay. Come on, headquarters. Yeah. I'm calling you out. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we don't need to call him out. I think, you know, uh, I definitely trust their, their decision and things. But he still was, was putting our name out there just because he believed in what we were doing. Right. And, and it's just, uh, yeah, just uh, can you call a guy like a, a sweetheart? You know, like he's just very thoughtful and and I might honest buy, and true. I might, who, who, I might buy him a box of chocolates. Okay. Yeah. Someone and then who, send him a link. Someone who cares yeah. about the people instead of just the job. Getting right. the job done. And yeah, that's right. And we want to get back on track to Dave. So I think to do that, we might do the, the speed round right now. Oh, boy. How does that sound? Sounds like this. Yeah. Doing a speed round, baby. Ten gonna, questions. We're just going to try to loosen up here. We're just talking and we're getting a little it's awkward. Nah. My mouth is a little dry. <laughs> My back is a little sweaty. We're going to take care of that right now. <laughs> You're going to take care of your sweaty back right now? Listen, I'm working. <laughs> Okay, so ten questions. Uh, they don't mean they're not serious. So you can even you can go funny, but I think you should go look deep within your soul in each question and you give us eager to see what they are here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't. You have no idea. We no, haven't given you any no, kind of prep for these ten questions. Okay, I'm gonna let you ask the first question because that's a that's a good question. I know you like that one. Oh, it's yeah. This is my actually my favorite question, and we've asked it every time for the speed round. Hold on, though. Right, I'm gonna bring up the the background music for our speed round just to put us all at ease. But okay. keep it on a serious note. This one has a slow start. All right, ten questions. Here we go. Here we go. It's not. It's not too serious. If you are going outside, the, regardless of the weather, you're going to check the mail, check your garbage. You know, do something just real quick outside. Are you barefoot, slippers, or do you squish the heel down on your shoe and run out? Barefoot. Barefoot. Fair enough. Likes to keep close to the earth or whatever Gabriel was talking about. Yeah, Gabriel, he, he wants to feel the energy from the ground. Connection. Okay, I like that. Okay. Um, can I tempt you with mashed potatoes, fries, or tater tots? I'm definitely a fry guy. Fry guy. Fry guy. Fry guy. Follow-up question. Which fast food joint has the best fries? Oh, that's good. Oh. You know, I really like Wendy's fries. Wendy's. are pretty good. You um, dip them in the frosty. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. That's, that's kind of a must thing. I've never done that. Well. Oh, I, I yeah. Thought that was kind of a must thing, I guess. I, I had, yeah, I, I thought it. everybody did that. I feel dirty. <laughs> okay, you have to you have to watch an animated TV show, uh, or animated animated something on TV. Okay. Yeah. On your television, are you watching an adult cartoon? Are you watching a Disney esque type thing, or are you watching anime? Um. Yeah, it's kind of a trick. Back in the day, probably you know, Family Guy or Simpsons, definitely an adult cartoon. But anymore, you know, I'm I'm excited for the Sing Two movie with my kids. I thought the first Sing movie was a great movie. Uh, so probably kind of more the Disney esque. I think it's incredible the things they can do with like the movie Cars. You know, just the little right. adult things they do. You see in there, oh, or yeah. just the right. little things. So definitely Disney esque. 
Disney-esque uh, because of those adult Easter eggs that they throw us. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know yeah. yes. The Incredibles? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. You're like, oh, that joke was for us. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. The kids are like, what? Road to El Dorado. <laughs> if you haven't seen Road to El Dorado, it is full of adult jokes that they do They do well. They do very they well. Hide, they hide right in there. We went to Disneyland a couple years ago, and they had a Road to El Dorado set up, and they even worked it in there oh wow even, yeah yeah but you had to understand it to get yep. it and yep. it was it was cool they're yeah. good at it they're very good at it i can't even remember if i've seen this movie oh um, you're gonna get it yeah i have one of those memories like i, I can't remember if i've read a book okay next question and <laughs> in high school <clears throat> going way back if you were in a clique you know the, the rockers the, the skaters which one was your clique would you say or mine was the poor kids. Yeah, and that's that's not that's not the full gamut. Like any gamut, any, prep, right. jock, nerd. Right. What you was know, you, what was your group stoners. of group of friends that you guys kind of? Yeah, I man, I can't even really say that we maybe. We well, group in Cascade, so honestly, I guess if I had to get it, uh, yeah, group in Cascade, but kind of the go getters. You know, we we went cliff mm. jumping, we oh. we went sledding, we anything we could, we played baseball in the early outs. We'd just go play catch for eight nine of us, kind of like the sand lot. But it was just we just we always were doing something. We had to do something. We didn't drink that much in high school. We didn't party that much in high school. We did a lot of dangerous things. We just didn't do them with illegal things and stuff. So right, the sand okay. lot all I the like time. That. That's great. That's a great way to. Oh, question. Uh, next question. Oh, yeah. Uh, phobias do you have any phobias um you know there's a lot of people uh dying before my parents do is a huge one to me you know mm. because now that i'm a dad i want to see where my kids are going to go in their life but i want to make sure i go out first before they do right. and so yeah that and uh, uh i had an accident years ago so like if my leg slip on an edge or something my leg gives out it reminds me of that accident not necessarily a fear but a PTSD somewhat from that. And right. Yeah, right. Phobia kind of there. But, you mm-hmm. know, because of that accident, there isn't a whole lot that, that scares me because I've been at the bottom climb back out of it. So to to be here is, is grateful. We're going to follow up on this. Yeah, we got to. Yeah, after the speed round. Your question, question six down there, I think. Okay. <clears throat> your house is on fire. Besides the family and the, and the pets. Right? And the pets. Yeah. Everything living has safely made it out. What three things do you go get? Um, kind of a hard like I'll say pictures, mm-hmm. and I know you can't grab everyone. Yep, and if there's a box of pictures, I'll, I'll allow something it. I can because of the amount of memories that each picture could bring back. Um, my truck keys because I'll get my truck out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, you know, I don't know. I'm not an overly material person Ooh, i like it i don't family and pets are safe yeah, family and pets are safe you know get them truck, in the truck get them in the truck get out of there and uh <laughs> and bring some pictures and bring some memories. pictures of yeah, memories there you, know? you go we'll start another business maybe a cold mountain dew in the fridge on the way out if there's one in there but or not <laughs> get her out of there yeah. grab the mountain dew <laughs> um okay so i remember growing up whether i was riding with my mom or my grandpa there was like a certain music always playing in their vehicle so with my mom, it was country music. With my grandpa, it was like 50s, 60s, kind of oldies. What kind of music were your you know, parents, grandparents listening to when you were driving around? And how did that now influence your music choices? Um, like, oddly enough, my grandparents didn't listen to a whole lot of music riding around stuff. But they did take me and my sister to a lot of like a Helena Symphony concert. 
real grandstand stuff. My my grandpa was is a Marine, passed away a few years ago, he was a Marine, and uh, you were huge in the military and the symphony and the grandstand kind of stuff, so we did that with him. But my mom, I know you guys remember 92.9, way back in the day, the doo-wop years, you know, the 50s and 60s stuff. That that grew on us hard with my mom. Um, my dad was definitely older country, 90s country. So those are, you know, those are my love as far as that. Waylon Jennings, the older outlaw country is my favorite there. And then, you know, I impressed my friends with some of the doo-wop year stuff that I know. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, for 25 miles from Great Falls to Cascade and back, it was 92.9, solid gold oldies, blah, blah. So okay. if anything, it, it definitely expanded my range to, you know, I love Frank Sinatra all the way up to Blackberry Smoke is my new favorite band. So it, uh, it definitely a broad horizon. Helped me also being a drummer helped me with rhythm. I enjoyed jazz band. I enjoyed concert band. I enjoyed pep band. I just didn't, I just enjoy music, all sorts, especially depending on your mood and, and what's going on in your head. And helps you get over that stuff. So you said, oh, Blackberry Jam, what Blackberry was, Smoke, Blackberry Smoke. Oh yeah, I haven't I haven't heard of this. What what They're, is it? They've been around for about twenty years. They're a, a band out of Atlanta, Georgia. The best way to describe them to you is a, a big mix between ZZ Top, Leonard Skinner, with little Zach Brown thrown in there. They're <laughs> they're very down to earth people, and they're very very good, just good old boys. And I recommend people checking them out. They're I'm gonna have to check that yeah, out. They're good. I'll have to check that out. Okay. Um, oh, your turn. Question question eight, Joe. Yeah. This isn't my favorite question. Yeah, we're gonna have to change this one. Do you have okay. any? Do you have any allergies? <laughs> it feels weird to ask, dude. It does. It does. Um, uh, you know, I used to kind of be allergic to cats. I don't know if that was just maybe when I was younger, and it was never terrible. But you know, you'd be around for a few hours and kind of just start sniffles in the eye waters and stuff. And now we have two, and they don't really bother me. Okay. As I get older, maybe some outdoor allergies kind of pick up, but I, not that I know of necessarily. All right. Cool. Fair enough. What did you want to be when you grew up? For a while, I wanted to be a teacher. And after about freshman year of high school, I decided I didn't want to do that anymore. Yeah. And uh, since I was little, I wanted to be a trucker. I used to have a wooden barn thing, had animals, and then had like a road with a bridge. And I had my still have my 164th model scale semis. And I'd load them up with animals, and I'd hit on the road again by Willie Nelson, and we'd roll out of there with my semis, and we'd be gone trucking, and I always wanted to be a trucker. And even now, I'm kind of glad I'm not because of my family and a lot of miles on the open road and stuff, right. but I still get to be around it now. With my I was going to say, and you, you found yourself found like myself, that, yeah. that, that yep. like perfect spot where you can be around the, the trucks, you can yep. you know, kind of be yep. in that, that environment, but not have to be gone weeks at a time. And right. Yes. Yep. Good call. All right, this is this is the final question, question number 10. <clears throat> okay. You had a hard week. What's the thing that makes you say, quote, you know what, iron this, and then you, you know, do you crack open a beer, do you get that expensive steak, do you, what, what is it? What guilty, is, guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure that you're like, you know, after you just got your butt kicked, after even a season, whatever it was, you go, I iron this. What is it? It's probably uh, a, a nice, good steak made from Two J's Market over there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and I'll take it home. And I, I love. There's a lot of great restaurants around here, mm-hmm. but no one quite cooks a steak like you do. No one seasons nope. it like Impossible. you do. And so, tell my wife, come home. You know, uh, 
go outside my record player. I'm huge into records, but it's also got Bluetooth, so you know, I'll hook that up outside. I'll crank the tunes, barbecue, or yeah, you know, fire the barbecue and a light a fire in my fire pit in my yard, and just just be outside. You know, just have loud music and get to be outside. That's kind of my cheer to myself. Again, I'm not a necessarily materialistic person. Not even that big of a drinker. Just being home and living the simple life, you know, I'm a, I'm a kind of a country kid stuck in a city, mm-hmm. just fine. I love the city, but I love the outdoors. I love just being outside and especially with the, in this beautiful state. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to, the music has stopped. So we're, we're kind of through the, okay. the 10 questions. We yeah. appreciate it. Uh, but I want to, I want to expound on the steak. Okay. 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 So you bring the steak home quickly, you know, you don't have to go into intricate detail, but how do you make this steak? So I'll take it I'm out of the packing, put it on a tray. Let's say I got two or three of them for my wife and kids. Mm-hmm. And the kids might be different because they don't like pepper quite as much as I do. But so I'll take it out, put it on the pan. I'll take salt and I'll pour all salt all around the edge on the fat edges and stuff like that. Take um, that's not I forget what the sauce is called, the juice called. But I'll take a fork and kind of just poke little holes in there as I pour the juice on there. Dale's Dale's seasoning to pour it on there, mm-hmm. and then salt and pepper, Alpine Touch. Mm-hmm. I'll let it sit in the fridge for about 20, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. That may be when I have a beer or something to just kind of take the edge off, get the barbecue fired up, and all that, and music going. And then salt, pepper, Alpine seasoning, uh, cilantro, and then <clears throat> I'll kind of pour extra on the pan too when I'm doing it. So then as I put on the barbecue and cook it, and then when I flip it over, I'll pour the pan yep. on top of the other side. Yep. And then usually camping makes, usually makes it different, but I'm kind of a one flip kind of guy. You know, you shouldn't flip it a whole lot. Camping oh, is, yeah. is different when you know, cause different heat you can't control, but mm-hmm. try to do that and just sit there and enjoy the outside, play fetch with my dog. And I built a putting green in my backyard. So I go do that over in the corner. And, and so it's, it's just a quick sear. On, e- on either side yep, yep. Um, and then what kind of doneness are you looking for here i'm kind of a medium guy medium mm-hmm. rare if i'm at home you know i don't order a rare in a lot of places but i do like a little pink in the middle mm-hmm. red's fine with me yep i would rather have that than than completely crispy charcoal done <laughs> right so. yeah. yep i agree i agree that's good i, I really get into the cooking of meats yeah, and so it, it excites me to just kind of hear yeah. other people's, um, you know, philosophy on how they how they cook a steak. It is and interesting to watch other people the way they do it, and it tastes good and tastes different. Yep, you know. And Are you using a pan on the grill? No, just straight on the grill. Just, just straight on the grill. Yep. Okay. And then do you let it rest? Or do you are you just diving right in? Um, usually I'll let it rest. I'll turn the barbecue off. Go get a plate. Yeah. Go inside, grab a plate. Then I'll let it come back, sit on the table while I help my wife get whatever else we need to get on there. Mm-hmm. And then cut them up. And favorite, favorite sides to go with the steak? Um, it's hilarious. It's like a dollar box of noodles, uh, angel hair noodles, mm-hmm. um, and corn on the cob, and then usually a, like a buffalo chicken salad or just a green salad of some sort. And nothing nothing overly fancy. Sometimes a glass of wine. My wife and I have a glass of wine instead yep. of a beer or something and just sit and BS and catch up with each other. Beautiful. I two, like it. 2J steak. Yeah. So you know, it's probably local. Yep. Probably organic, grass fed. Yep. Montana meat. Ugh. Yep. And it's, awesome. it's the, the, yeah, like organic store here yeah. in town. Yep. And it's where I get like a lot of, like when I'm making salsa, mm-hmm. that's where I get all of my salsa ingredients. It's, uh, mm. And when you're it, looking for like gluten free and things like that, they right. have more of that. Which isn't even like up my alley per se. I mean, I'm, 
they teach their own. It does not bother me. But I just like that store because it's not very far from my house for one, but it's just local store. It's yep. clean. Yep. They have quite a vast array of things. I mean, sunflower seeds to all the other things you can get. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's it's pretty cool to see that, you know, the healthier side of it, if you will. You know, yep. you know not the Walmart stuff jammed in every aisle. And right. So mm-hmm. I, I like going over and seeing them. They're always friendly there and very yep. kind to us. So. They are and, really friendly there. And I do have to say, they also, with one of my foster children, uh, she was, you know, working age. And so she got a job down there. And um, we'll just say a troubled teen kind of, you know, mm-hmm. had some things she was working through from the trauma that she's experienced in her life. And at, at one point she did run away for a little while and they let her after that, like she was had work schedule and everything and no notice, you know, for either us or the, the place that she was working right. at two J's yeah. and they let her come right back when she was done. They, they were ultimately, um, I can't remember his name, the guy that owns it, but he was ultimately concerned not about how the business was going, but if, you know, and he called and checked, Hey, have, you heard anything? Do you know where she's at? And and so it was just ever since then. I'm like they're they're getting as much of my money, right. you know, right. from from groceries. Someone as who it, cares as more get. about the people than the business, and right? If he had maybe right. kicked her to the curb, uh, um, she would have, you know, like, oh, no one wants me, no one likes me, or whatever. Right. Instead, it could have been perspective. It could have been absolutely the other side and brought her and, back. And she really needed that that acceptance good, and good. and the grace that that was given her, you know, to to work through that. So it really really helped with her. And I'll throw a shout out to because Vintage Cellars is just about three doors down. So if you need a bottle of wine or even some craft beers, you can walk in there. And then yeah. again, another clean store, friendly guys. Dude, dude, they are amazing at Vintage Cellars because I'm not a huge alcohol kind of guy. Oh, right. But uh, when Joe had me over, in the next episode, you'll hear about my experience at Joe's um, house for dinner. You'll hear about that. So I'm not going to go into great detail, but Joe was like, hey, can you just bring a bottle of red wine? So I went in there and I haven't bought wine in probably a couple of years. Right. I said, I need a red wine to go with pasta. And he showed me like three. And, I, you know, you pick it based on the label. Right. right? Oh, like, no, no, you can't, no, if you no, can't no. taste test, you pick based on the label. And this one had like an amazing lion on it. And yeah. it was, it was, and it was good. It was good. Yeah. It was very good. And they're always been helpful. Mm-hmm. Always been helpful in there. And uh, the owners are, are great people too. I know, I know them. Good. So good. Yeah. And clean. I mean, they keep the store clean and tidy. And yep. Local places knocking it out of the park. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. To take note. <laughs> so, so we, we bring you here, Dave, to, to talk about um, what we've already uh, alluded to, and you, you've given us kind of the introduction of, of working on trucks. The first thing we have to settle is when we kind of talked about Joe meeting you, and it was episode two or three, I think three, mm-hmm. uh, we talked about his experience in Fort Benton and meeting you, <coughs> and he said, there's a truck show. And I was like, wait a minute, are we talking semis? Because we're in Montana, and if you talk with a rancher or a farmer, there is a there is a truck and there is a pickup. Yes, let's let's hear yes. the definitions of this because we we don't know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. We have a professional here. Mm-hmm. What is a truck? What is a pickup? And I why? I don't know if I'd say I'm professional. It might be a loose term for me, but um, <laughs> it's funny because uh, my grandparents, my mom grew up up north in Sunburst, and uh, they they'd stop on a dime and tell you that that's a pickup truck. That's not a truck. That's a pickup. Uh, when it came to you know, cars and pickup trucks. Mm. And then there was semi-trucks, which are actually called tractors, tractor trailers, when they're all comboed up. So it's kind of like soda and pop. It's kind of your own preference, I truthfully feel. I don't really know what <laughs> makes the difference between them. You know, maybe it was 
my dad's picking me up from school in the pickup. I don't know if that's uh, how it got the name. I could not tell you the history behind that. But to me, I mean, I, I still call my truck my truck. Or, right. But you know, if I'm around my mom or when my grandpa's alive, I'd make sure I'd say pickup. <laughs> I didn't need to. I didn't need to hear that wrath. <laughs> right. Uh, right. But and 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 now that social media has helped things. I wouldn't say evolve, but a lot of these guys have called these large cars now is what they call the semi trucks. They call them large cars because these are the daily drivers for so many of these guys. These are the right. cars. So all they are, are just large cars. And that's ah, kind huh. of the nickname for them. I was hoping that we could still call them tractors. You, you can know? you still semi tractor and then semi is, you know, half obvious or whatever you want. Semi. It's always a semi tractor. Is how they got the name for that. Oh, I'm doing huh. that. I'm just going to walk into a big group of trucker looking people. I'm like, hey, whose tractor is this? Yeah. 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 And they'll answer you. As yeah. A, as long as they don't have a tractor, maybe on the trailer on the back or something, <laughs> they may answer you for both. And <laughs> which that's, one? That's mine, but I'm hauling Scott's or something. <laughs> I don't know. Which one, Greenhorn? What do they call new people? Do they call them Greenhorns? Uh, they'll probably call you a steering wheel holder. What you, which one, you steering wheel holder? <laughs> And okay, now we've got to go down that that bunny trail. Why is it steering wheel holder? Do you not hold your steering wheel when you're well? Well, you do, but that's their only job. Like so, a lot of these truckers, especially like at the show this weekend, some dropped out of high school, jumped in a semi, and never looked back. And they're fifty five, sixty years old. Right. Those are truckers. Those are the drivers. Those are the diehard breed that you know. Not saying any of those guys did, but the stories you heard back in the day, stuck on the toothpicks to stay awake and and things like that. They did the outlaw years of trucking. Now, a lot of these guys are just, a lot of guys are just hand, getting CDLs handed to them mm-hmm. to go up and down the road, jumping in a truck, not knowing the ins and outs, not knowing how to float gears, do this and that. And I'm not saying I do, that's why I don't drive, but. They just, they're just, they jump in to hold the steering wheel and drive down the road. So you're just a steering wheel holder. holder. You're not a driver. You're not, right. a, you're just a steering wheel holder. And a lot of the semis are automatic now. Yeah. And, oh. And so, I mean, we all know clutch went by the wayside in normal vehicles. Yeah. So that makes these truckers even more upset that these new ones are automatic. And that makes it even easier to throw somebody behind the wheel and automatic. Uh, yeah, and so I should have known, but I'm learning right now that se- that semi trucks are automatic. I just literally thought they were just all still manual. No, a lot of the newer ones are automatic, and I mean a lot of them are push button, you know, neutral reverse drive. You just push the button. Uh, some do have a shifter, and then the other ones just then they're still they're still you know clutch one clutch. And, well, and and I mean, my, I mean not to take anything away from this, but my my pickup my Ram has yeah. a knob. Right, it's like the least manliest thing you can do yes. when shifting in a in a pickup truck is is a knob. Do you have to hold it with your pinky? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's it's great the amount of cars. You know, we we detail a lot of vehicles, cars, and trucks. And uh, I mean, there's a couple. You you spend ten minutes and they're looking where the shifter's at. You can't find it, and it'll just be like a little switch. You just got to pull up or down to go forward, reverse, emergency brake. There's a little switch right here instead of the old. Yeah, push down with the cable or pull. I mean, yeah. oh, technology yeah. sometimes sometimes scares me a little bit. All these newfangled tractors yeah. with a new breeded steering wheel holders. How authentic do I sound right now? <laughs> yeah, you you sound authentic. Like you've been doing this for a while. I might change my middle name to Trucker, Joe, Joe Trucker, Joe Super Trucker Ryan. I like it. <laughs> Back in my day, I was driving a, a twenty one speed with a spitter. 
<laughs> Only had to double clutch when uh, my partner was watching or asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so with with the detailing job, so you don't do just semi trucks. Nope. We we started out. I mean, we we started out like I said, semis is kind of what pushed us over the edge to make this a full time job. And that first year was hard, as it is with anything. You know, mm-hmm. there was there was fifty dollar weeks. You know, that we were both making fifty dollars was all we made. You know, as any as anybody does, and the struggle was real. But we just kept going, kept going, expanded our knowledge and what we could do. And so we do cars, trucks, boats, campers, jet skis, golf carts, semis. I mean, kind of anything you'll throw at us. We've actually cleaned the roadhouse diner kitchen twice way back in the day when we were just looking for something to make money and whatever we do. And cool. and so that, that Tara, the owner of the house, used to work with my mom in the ER. So again, another way, just kind of connected through all of this small business stuff. Right. And, and you, once you figure out, you go down the rabbit hole and you figure out just how many people are all connected in that way. And yeah. So, yeah. so it's fun. You just talk to Shane. He'll just introduce yeah. <laughs> all the people. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so how does, when you're, when you're doing detailing and I know you, you've probably done some trial and error of, you know, pricing and, and figuring all of that out. Are you mm-hmm. just kind of, it's an hourly rate or, you know, how, do, how does that work? We kind of have more of a set job price. Um, here's the base price for some people that bring them in and they just, you know, their vehicle's just immaculate and the people are like, oh my gosh, it's so dirty. You got to get it clean. <laughs> and, you know, maybe it takes us a few hours and they come in off and then, then we, they, we lower their price a little bit. Obviously we're knocking out of the park and we want them to stay loyal to us. And, mm-hmm. um, and then there's others, um, like one car, for example, it was a convertible two-seater. No, I had a back seat, excuse me, a convertible. And a homeless couple lived in it for like a month. This car got stolen, and they lived in it for like a month. And, I mean, there was needles. There was all sorts of stuff. And bodily, that one, yeah, bodily fluids. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it was it was gross and terrible. So things like that add in more money, dog hair or, you know, mud or one lady spilled pig feed in the back of her van, which is okay. Accidents happen, but she left it there for a year oh. and it ate through the carpet. Hello. Yeah. So, I mean, it depends again how, you know, we've yeah. gone as far as pulling seats and carpets out of vehicle to, to get mice is a huge one. Yep. Yep. Um, spilled food. We pulled headliners and found food. Mice have carried up there and stuff. So it just depends on what all we have to do. It will either add up or, or lower it down and, and so for, for somebody listening right now and going, oh, you know, I've thought about getting my car detailed and I've, I've never really done that. Um, what would be like the average price to expect to have like your vehicle and, and maybe Super even go in a little bit into the detail too, because I've seen a few YouTube videos when you go down the, the bunny trail and there's, there's like, you know, taking out um, Q-tips and, and, you mm-hmm. know, getting in there. So um, yeah, like a little bit of detail, but also just for people listening, maybe encouraging them to, to try you out, okay. you know, what, what would kind of the average price look so like? So our, our, we have a couple of different packages. You can check those on ddmgreatfalls.com. But, ddmgreatfalls.com. Okay. Yeah. Like our, our interior package usually starts about 200, you know, for small cars, it's maybe 175 and for pickup trucks or SUVs or minivans, it's 225 because of square footage. Depends yep. a little more there. Yep. And that includes the whole interior and cleaned, shampooed, carpet, seats if the letter heat and cleaned, all the dash, plastics, doors, windows, headliner, whole nine yards. So that one we just say starts about 200 bucks. And then if you want to add outside work, which is just as simple as a wash and wax, kind of dress the tires, that one's 300. Mm-hmm. Um, if we go into like 
some people, hey, can you take my seats out? There was spilled food or spilled a coffee between the center console and there's stain underneath there that you can't quite get to with the seat in the way. That one, I think 350 if we pull the seats out. And then a carpet, if we pull a carpet and everything out, I think it's about 400, mm-hmm. 450, depending on the vehicle. Um, we go as far up as um, our makeover package, which is 650. That one, again, whole inside gets clean, whole nine yards on the outside. We do the paint correction, wax, dress, and then just make it look near as new as we can on that uh-huh. one. And then we don't have a whole lot of set pricing for semis as far as like the metal polishing because it all depends on the condition of the metal and the amount of metal that you have that we have to polish up and stuff like that. Semi details are usually about $500 for just interior of them, stuff like that. And then, like, X2, you can get into it. And there's some people that, that like, they need their semi, you know, sharp yeah. when they pull it out. Yep. And so all of that chrome, they want polished and, and looking, you know, reflective. Yep. And the wheels, they do the same thing. Yep. And, um, you know, that, that gets into some detail there. It does. It's uh, no complaints, but it's it's honestly the most physical labor intensive thing i've ever done in my life is polished metal on on semis polished metal in general really is just because you're holding a, a six thousand rpm grinder with a nine or ten inch flannel wheel on it mm-hmm. so you're already pulling a whole lot of g's with that thing spinning around now if you're catching edges you know holes and wheels or something it's it's jerking your hands your wrist your body yeah there's that flannel wheel it'll burn you it'll cut you you'll snap your finger i mean a lot of guys have broken their fingers hitting this wheel and stuff so it's it's a somewhat violent job but you know you gotta sit on the concrete you gotta lay on your back you gotta pick up these semi tires and i love it no complaints but it's it truly is one of the most more than any high school sport i ever did more than anything it's it's one of the most physical yet rewarding i was gonna say like it's it's the reward right because uh in doing ministry for 10 years there's not a lot of things that when i get done at the end of the day you know, I've done work and I can say, oh, there's a job well done, you know, because mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're working on relationships with people and things right. like that, that oftentimes you can't like, you can't take a picture of it. You can't show yeah. people, you know? Right. And so you, you have this, this fulfilling job that when in the 10 questions were like, Hey, what do you want to be when you grow up and, and truck driver? Right. So you like, you're really close to this. And then at the end of the day, you really can, you can literally a before and after picture and, and all of the blood, sweat and tears that come through it, you can see job well done yeah yeah it's it's obviously one of the most gratifying things i've ever done too with polished metal because you're taking like for instance um calvin roar 79 kenworth a model semi he bought as a junior in high school um and we ended up just polishing up and stuff for the show here this last weekend and he ended up winning um voted on by the other truckers best to show for his old 79 kenworth and i mean there was beautiful brand new ones out there but people like to see that you can restore this old yeah. beauty and still have it look good yeah you can you can buy new you can we get that but and so that's that's what i think is gratifying for me we get to take these old looking rims and these old looking fuel tanks and we get to shine them back up to a mirror and make them look brand new and makes this, these guys happy and puts them a little higher up in their seat as they're driving through town and oh, yeah so and, and, and with that too, like in Montana, we put a lot of junk on our roads, you know? Yeah. And so you're going to get a lot of corrosion and, yeah. and like yeah. the underside of that fuel tank, man, I bet that is a beast. It, uh, it's, we're not the only state obviously, but anywhere you go in Montana, you account for at least 10 miles of gravel. That's just the way yep. it is. And those truckers half the gravel and those, you know, front wheels, mud flaps, the bottom of the tanks are usually so beat up that you know we'll sand them down and get them smooth but you can't you can't
can't always get them brand new, but you still get them to look, you know, instead of whited out fuel tank, you now have this crystal clear, beautiful looking tank. And it's just, it's really rewarding. And so this, this show was just this weekend, right? It was just this weekend. And this is your first year this is, putting on this. We've got to talk about that, right? Yeah. yeah. Big events. You, Those are, I got time if you guys do. Oh, we definitely, we definitely have time. So, yeah. so tell us what, what happened this weekend? How many days was the event? How many trucks showed up? Yeah, give us the rundown. So I'll, I'll start. I just had a memory. It started in 2017 was the first time I ever talked about the Treasure State Truck Show. Oh, man. This and has one, been a long time to coming. do it. Yeah, so 17, we just had just gotten into the semi game and polish and everything then. So didn't quite have the connections and everything that I do now, nor the, the customer base with semis. And and not all of them get polished and we don't ask them to you know polishing doesn't make you go down the road polishing polishing's like the tinted windows right yeah it doesn't doesn't get you there just make sure they're safe but in in summer it'll keep the dot off if they see your clean looking truck like oh this guy he's probably he's probably a good guy you don't gotta worry about him and so 2017 was the first started 18 we were gonna do it and we just weren't quite sure what we wanted to do how we wanted to do it so 19 i went down to louisville the mid-america truck show which is one of the largest truck shows and the amount of money there is incredible the things these guys do to their trucks i mean one guy had a 30 30 as a shifter you could pull it out jack around it shoot it put it back in <laughs> guys whoa <laughs> uh, i actually was from montana actually believe yeah. it or not, but he, uh i mean just sound system some trucks only have seven miles on them. They're six years old because they just get loaded on the trailers and hauled around to these shows and stuff. Right. Whoa. So it was incredibly cool. And while I liked that and everything, there was a lot of politics and drama and BS that went, that went with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, this this is what I want to do, but I don't want that. I don't, I don't want the more money you spend, the nicer truck you have. So I wanted just to be Montana. So I, when we, we were going to do it 2020... Obviously, we all know what happened there, and so we couldn't do anything. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that yeah, that, whole, that yeah, whole year, that whole was year. Just ruined for everybody. So we just put our head down and worked, and and built our customer base up there. And uh, so then it was it was probably about January this year that I started really thinking like I think we're going to do this. So the one thing that I have a very hard time doing is is asking for help or asking for handouts or or anything like that. But that's that is what started all. I put up, I believe it was February twenty sixth. Does anybody have land they're willing to donate for us to have a truck show? Because one of my favorite movies was always Field of Dreams. So I thought if I built this in a field, if I build it, they will, they will come. come. Huh? So I that was that was my whole goal there. And uh, so Spencer bowled out in Fort Bend and said, Hey, I got twenty acres here that you can have, or I got four hundred acres over in Winifred. I said, well, I think 20 acres, and I can keep it pretty close to my shop yeah. if I need anything. So that started it, and and from there we just we just ran, we pushed it, we told everybody that we could. You know, I mean, I probably made 15 trips out to Fort Bend, met everybody up and down the block, tell them, hey, we're coming, this and that. So then, so we pushed, we pushed it. Then it got about two weeks before the show, two and a half weeks before the show, and I went out to this field that we were going to have it in. And it was it was going to be a danger. It was going to be. I mean, the field was dry. It was one you know cigarette butt away from torching any trucks that were going to park in this field. Right, and then the houses, and then we were on the edge of Fort Benton. So the moment it spread to town, you oh, know, man. 
And as much as I didn't want to, I, I didn't call it yet, but I just tried to find something else to do. So I made the drive to Fort Bend, probably the longest 40-minute drive of my life. And uh, this, is where, this is where I love small business. So a customer of ours, uh, Shandy Baumgartner, out in Fort Benton, I text her. I said, hey, do you know anybody on the fairgrounds? And she said, oh, I got one guy. Let me get a hold of him. So she got a hold of him, gave me his number. I called him, see, uh, JC. He said, let me talk to the committee about it. So the next day he talked to the committee. They came back and said, okay, we will let you use the fairgrounds. You can camp there. You can you can use everything except the rodeo grounds. So that's fine. We don't need them. Let us have power. There's restrooms. There's showers. There's everything there. He said, but the one stipulation is we are having tractor pulls out here in August and we want you to come back with semis. So, uh, so we, so it worked out great. So that's again, why I love small business. Cause you one phone call opened up a whole new world of doors for us. Got in the fairgrounds. Got in the fairgrounds. And now it'll be an event there every year. We promised them we'd be back and then tell all these truckers. And now these truckers are like, wow, someone's putting these shows together. Right. They're going to be there. I already got 10 of them lined up for the for the tractor pulls and stuff. And they're just no charge. They just come sit out there, show off your trucks, and have a good time. Oh, that's fantastic. So how many, how many, how many trucks ended up coming out? Okay, so we got a few trickled in on Friday. Saturday morning, most of them trickling. We ended up getting 32 total, mm-hmm. which was okay. The spectator numbers is probably where we were down a little bit. I thought there might be more. The week-long drought, I said, I think, didn't help anything. It was 97 degrees on Saturday, and it was hot. It was hot. Right. Um, and construction from cons- Great Falls. Construction and, and Dutton Fun Days was going on, and um, there oh. was a swim meet in town. I mean, you know, it's summer. It's hard. Right. And, uh, excuse me. So the, um, we we just did it. You know, my brother probably gave me the best piece of advice from the weekend. At least, David, at least it wasn't. 80 trucks and 3,000 people because if it had been mass chaos, people wouldn't want to come back next year. So yeah. luckily for us, our first year, we ended up with about 32 trucks and probably about 750 spectators that came through the gates and looked at the trucks and, you know, had a few people that didn't want to pay the $15 gate entrance because they were only going to look at trucks for half an hour. And, you know, it's it's hard. It was a whole weekend thing. It was hard to turn people away in that aspect. But we were also the show wasn't set up for free and then yeah. our proceeds were going to benefit veterans with PTSD. So it wasn't like it was just going into mine and Rob's pocket or, you know, we weren't trying to get rich off the show. We're just trying to help our fellow man right. as well as all these small businesses that we invited met downtown. We had vendors and everything lined up down there. And then like Joe being a Marine vet and Marcus Serrano, our photographer drove up from Missouri. He was the one that originally got us turned on to this program with the vets and had been with Dave's detail when we first started. So he'd been part of the chamber and grew his business with us before he moved and stuff. And that personal touch, Joe, a lot of people love Joe, people like Marcus, that personal touch really made people, I think just feel great about it. I mean, we got a lot of great praise at the end of the show. And and I think it'll only double next year in both trucks and spectators. And a lot of guys just, Hey Dave, I'm stuck on the field farm and I can't make it over. Like I thought it would, I'll try to make it over tonight. And they still would, they couldn't bring their truck, but they still came over, supported us. Even if they were only there for 45 minutes, they didn't complain about the price because they they knew what it was for. And they knew They just knew Rob and I that we're not we're not crooks. We're just trying to help where we can and do what we can our platform to make this world a better place. So, yeah, that's really cool. That's oh yeah, that's yeah. pretty fantastic. I I didn't I didn't make it out. I know you know Joe. So your your part in it was 
I was playing music out there. It was fun. I, uh, I've played shows like that before, kind of, you know, and, and definitely for um, events that are just like, this is the first one and kind of, you know, we're not sure what's going on and everything's yeah. by the seat of your pants. But yours was cool, man. It was like, you know, you, it, the idea, it made sense when I got there. I was like, oh, you just put a bunch of really cool looking trucks together. And all the people that own these trucks are really cool guys. They mm -hmm. want to talk about their trucks. Mm -hmm. They want to have a few beers. There's vendors there, have some food. And you're in Fort Benton. So if you're not from the area, I mean, geez, go look at some trucks, hang out in Fort Benton for a little yeah, bit. It's beautiful downtown history uh, there is ridiculous. Yeah, Fort Benton's gorgeous. Any excuse you could have. And I met that photographer. I didn't know he was from Missouri. Yeah, yep. Yeah. He was such a nice guy. <laughs> yep. He and and not to go off there, but it, he he was the one that turned us on to this Amy Grant's music of the Rockies program. Amy Grant's music. Yeah, so so a little bit behind that, Wounded Warriors is a great program. Don't don't I'm not dogging them at all, but it's not rewarding to me just hit donate because you don't really know where your money's going. Maybe mm -hmm. it's changing somebody's life that I'm not doubting, but so this program we actually will pick uh, a handful of vets or or whatever, however many we can to send to this program down in Colorado. Um, they take them out camping, they pair them up with a music artist and then they take them out camping and they talk about the problems and the battles they're having in their head and then they write a song about it and that helps them get their emotions. That's how they express their emotions. Mm -hmm. And uh, being that music's a huge part of my life, you know, I was in a coma for three weeks so I have brain damage. I've never served a day in my life. I won't take that credit away from anybody but uh, I, I understand the mental games and the struggles of, of everyday life of, of simple frustration can make you so mad and it's why I loved Joe being there because Joe loves music and like that's I love trucks that's his thing so I was happy to see him doing that I think that made a lot of people enjoy it they sat up there and ate dinner and they bowls BS and they had a few beers and listened to Joe. And after the show, they came over to Joe. Joe was great. He was funny. He was, right. his, his range of music is incredible. He played to us what we wanted to hear. And, you know, at some point I kind of fell back. Cause I was like, I just don't know if they're really paying attention to Joe or not, but <laughs> a lot of them came over and like, he was great. And, and yeah, you know, for a first year, that's, that's what we had to do. We had to figure out everything that we could do for the first year. And yeah, I was happy to be what I consider myself like a, um, background music samurai you know like i know when i'm just there to create the vibe you know yeah and then when people are looking at me i crack a few jokes right. just to see yeah, i see you over there my friend uh, i love that stuff but i was also thinking man i can't wait to bring back a band you know and like right. really like have them out there dancing hopefully on a little cooler of a day i don't know if i would have had them dancing that long even with a great band because it was a scorcher it was, it was <laughs> yeah. a scorcher but even that even so talking to some of the truckers when i was talking about we we, mm -hmm. we had the trucks lined up 45 down a giant field like facing each other and we were talking about it with some truckers and we were talking about mm -hmm. joe and they're like you know how cool it'd be if we had saturday night concert right here yeah. let's say nine o'clock and we have the concert and then about 10 30 the concert gets over and then we could have our light show with all the trucks and everything and so it's just evolved you know and and mm -hmm. us talking about joe and and it, yeah if we would have had a band it would have but just uh it was actually really beautiful for lack of better word just having a guitar just a guitar out there playing in your voice and it was simple it was small town simple and it was great yeah, man, I was I was excited to do it before I, I would be nervous to do stuff like that, you know, because I'm mm -hmm. like, man, I'm not sure if I'm exactly what these guys want. But 
I felt the vibe, though. You right. know, I was like, yeah, kind of what you were talking about. Like, there's veterans out. There's truckers that just love what they do, where everyone likes being in Fort Benton. Everyone's just in this field. And everyone, I mean, it's, and there's just like a cool, friendly vibe of a, of a new event like that. And it's, and, and you can feel the earnestness that everyone like, man, we like it here. And yeah, we don't have maybe a million vendors, you know, walking around right. or bumping into a million spectators, but this is fun. And I think everyone was like really starting to feel like, Hey, we were at the first one, you know, we're going to, we're going to buy that t-shirt and we're going to come back being, being the original, you know, we were the first year drivers of this show, not right. this steering wheel holders like you second year people <laughs> just coming here to just coming up to lap up all of the um exposure and because everyone's here now to be a looky loo because this is the place to be don't you know <laughs> and that's what I, I told some of the vendors if if i felt bad for anybody at the show it was the few vendors we had because there just wasn't as many spectators there you know to just necessarily make them money and i still think they all they did okay but I gave them all, you know, grateful thanks that mm-hmm. thanks for fighting through this first year with us. Like you'll always be in my corner now because you were here and, and, you know, next year, just, just wait, like it'll mm-hmm. only get greater. So save the good spots for you. Yeah, exactly. You guys, the VIP, when everybody pulls in, you guys get first choice. Cause you were here on that first year and right. you made the leap with us. You made the jump with us. No one. It may be a million bucks. It may be in the red. We don't know, but mm-hmm. let's just try it and do it. And and then I think once everything got figured out, we didn't really know the layout. We didn't really know what we were going to do. You know, it, it was all kind of flying by the seat of our pants because we had never done a truck show. Right. You know, and that, and that was half the thing that kept this crowd coming. Half the people were like, oh, yeah, semi-trucks. And people are like, why are you putting semi-trucks in a field? <laughs> They're semi-trucks, but they don't understand that even my own mom, who's I've been doing this for eight years, she climbed up inside a semi and couldn't believe the amount of gauges they have or that they have beds and fridges and microwaves because they're rolling houses and people don't people don't understand or people don't know and then that's also what i want to change too you know be a little more patient with these truck drivers going down the road if you guys ever drove one but it's hard to stop 80 feet on a dime and right and so just Mm -hmm. bring more awareness to the truckers and and just uh, everybody you know help out small business vendors it was that was the ultimate goal behind it was help the the ptsd and then help the small business vendors it was fort penn's 170th anniversary so we kind of got a piggyback on top of that encourage people to go downtown and and even the town of fort benton was great newspapers came out and talked to us and interviewed us and a couple people lined up on main street to listen to the horns honking and stuff as we left and air horns going and and I know, I know it'll be bigger next year. I know that we'll be back and people will just be more excited about it. And so people this year made it really great to, to be back next year. And so for, for our listeners that, that, you know, we, we have some outside of, of Montana, um, but most of the majority are, are inside Montana. And in the next episode, you'll hear us uh, give some shout outs to all of our listeners and where they're at. But um, for those listening, they're outside of Montana. You had a photographer there mm-hmm. and where can they find um, pictures of the event? He's going to send me the link as soon as he gets them all done, mm-hmm. which should hopefully be in the next day or two. He was going to take a few more days to disconnect up here in Montana before he drove back. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He um, said he's going to connect on my uh, Instagram. Too. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so I'll have those pretty soon. He'll send me that link, and then I'll send the link out to – I'll post it on social media. There, we have a Facebook group called the Treasure State Truck Show. I'll put it in there, and then I'll send it out to all these drivers, and they can look through all the pictures. They see them. 
whatever ones they want to buy, they buy them from Marcus, mm-hmm. and, then, and then he makes he makes the money for the work that he did. Right. And then kind of like Joe playing music, that's Marcus's outlet. Because when I got to talk with him, a little story on him, he was in the service for 20 years and got out, and uh, it was the second day of a new job he was starting. And it was it was the mental battles, he said. It wasn't. It wasn't because he had to shoot somebody or you had your buddy got blown up. I mean, I understand it is for some people. For him, it was because he didn't have to apply for a job for 20 years, and he didn't he didn't have to do the simple stuff that a lot of us do and the mental anguish part of it and said, one day you just pulled over on the side of the interstate, second day of his job, and reached your other pistol underneath the seat, and that was going to be it, and ended up calling his wife instead who called V-Dub, and they got him all set up and squared. So he, he got to come out of that side of it, be on the other side of it, and photography is his outlet right for that and uh so to have him here doing what he loved you know listen to his ideas i i know i, I love pictures but i don't i'm no professional by any means uh, was he the one that took the um the flag down and then put it back up between those two cranes or he, was that for his pictures that, well he he videos doing that because oh, cool. which is another i mean like the people made the show happen the truckers the just everybody because AJ Concrete called me. That's whose two big trucks those were. They called me and said, hey, can we... With the cranes on? Yeah. Either they're big cement trucks that like can reach over foundations and pour cement. Oh, or reach cement. down in a hole. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so they're real cool, distance cool. trucks to, to pour cement. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, I'd seen it before. They Like on Mother's Day, they used three of them, and they spelled out mom with their big yellow arms. And <laughs> so he called me and said, hey, can I can bring three of our trucks? Do you, Which ones do you want? And, I said, well, there was that big one in there. That one was cool. And then two small ones is fine. He said, okay, we have a big American flag. Can we hang it up between them? I said, yeah, but that has to be the entrance for our show. It has <laughs> yeah. to be. Yeah. And he said, okay, we'll make it happen. So we got them parking spots. And I told him last night, you guys will forever have those parking spots as long as you'll bring that flag. And it's good advertising for them and stuff. But so we put the flag up there. And then up top clothing down in Butte. Uh, Colton Luke Anderson had donated flags to us to give away for raffles of the show, and one says Montana till I die. So we put that one underneath the American flag, and that was our entrance. Well, Saturday night they start lowering them down, and we, you know we run over there like, "Are you guys taking them? If you have to, that's totally fine." And they said, "No, no, we're getting ready for that light show." And they turned all the lights on. They lowered it down, and that's what that video was. We were lowering her down so they could turn all their boom lights around. So that when the light show started and they turned on their lights and then the big American flag was all lit up and, and just small stuff like that. I would have never asked you guys, but the fact that you did now you've set a standard (laughs) that now we're going to have for the next few years and people, I mean, people loved it. Even my own brother and I pull our pickup trucks underneath this flag just to get a picture. And and it was, it was just cool. It was little stuff like that. Little ideas from everybody else is what we're open to making this better and and this that makes what makes it work so yeah, yeah i need you to repeat the uh facebook page that they can go to <clears throat> okay. and, and i know it's not up yet so even tomorrow you know when this comes out you know tuesday july 12th it'll probably be another week or right, so after right. that yep. that, that those pictures but you can go find this page right now yep and a lot of people yep the, the page again is called treasure state truck show um you can I don't, you don't have to be a trucker. You can just be someone who wants to stay in the loop. That's kind of why I told people to join it, stay up to date. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have shared pictures from the truck show in there. I've shared a couple of videos that we've made. Um, and I just encourage, you know, throughout the year, throw your truck in there. Hey, can't wait. Can't wait to see you guys in June or whatever. We're going to do it next year. And, and just kind of build the the brotherhood that trucking used to have or still has. And it's just kind of forgotten. And, right. and so uh, just stay up to date on that. 
Cool, cool. So yeah, we we uh, all of our faithful followers get on Facebook and check out the page and and give it a like and you know you can scroll through and then you'll see the the professional pictures that'll come up here in about a, a week or so. And I wanted to I wanted to go back a little bit on the PTSD because okay. uh, I I deployed uh, twice over to Iraq during OAF one OAF three. And then I was uh, medically discharged. I, the cool thing about podcasts is nobody can see my hearing aids underneath uh, the <laughs> headphones that we have. Yeah. But uh, hearing aids in both ears, medically discharged for hearing loss. And so I come back and, um, and this, I try not to make a long story, but my mom had passed away while I was being medically discharged and she lived here in Montana. And so my wife and I, when, when I got out of the military, we decided, you know, we're going to move back to Montana in case something happens with our family again, you know. We want to we want to be back up here because uh, I wasn't around when my mom passed away. I just you know came up here for the the funeral, mm-hmm. and so with all of that, when when I go to I, I'm relating here, um, Marcus, right? Um, yep. I'm relating with Marcus that uh, yeah, there wasn't. I was in the infantry and trying to find a job, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then you have to think about like medical insurance yeah. and dental and housing and all of these things that when you're in the military, they're all taken care of for you. Right. And even like physical training in the morning and kind of how you're eating and your schedule for the day, like it's just all done for you. Uh, And yeah, we all, when we think of veterans and and their sacrifice and, you know, all of that, but there is this whole, you've been ingrained into this lifestyle and this pattern. And now there isn't a rank structure in the civilian world. There isn't a a necessarily a dress code. There isn't, you know, a, a, a certain amount of respect you give everyone. You know, there's all this stuff that the military like builds into you. And when you get back out, you're just like, this is the real world's weird. And yep. it's, it's tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, simple thing. My, my brother-in-law went over to Iraq, um, him, my sister and him had to speed up their wedding cause he got deployed. And when he came back, you know, we're driving down the interstate and a, Pizza trash blows across the road and he swerves to miss it because yeah. that was an IED overseas and, yep. and just or red light. And he just right through it. He's like, we don't, we didn't, we didn't stop for red lights. And you know, you might be scared, but yeah, you're thinking like, dang, that's how real it is. Like yep. that's, that's real stuff right there that us normal civilians don't have to think about or don't think about. And yeah. And I think I brought it up on the podcast a few times, you know, we've, we've actually ended up, this isn't a podcast about trauma, but Trauma is such a huge part of whether you've been in the military or not. Right. All of us have gone through a trauma. Mm-hmm. And I have a, you have a story that if you're willing to share, I'd like that, you know, kind of almost close out the podcast on yep. this kind of story of your life and the, the PTSD. You, you said coma for three days. But there's so much that if people were aware of their trauma, um, there's so much more in their life they could do. If they could be aware of it, get the proper help for it and and work through that trauma how much different the world would be and it, you don't have to be uh you know a uh, first responder or military no. or, or anything like that to have gone through trauma you have a bad car accident or you know something happened to your parents when you were young you know whatever that may be yep. there, there's trauma in your life that you you really should uh seek recovery for yep and help and and however i mean i think a lot of people are just uh and it's hard, don't get me wrong, but scared, let's say, you know, they'd rather have that secure job at the hospital rather than go do something they love or, mm-hmm. you know, like, well, I mean, I've seen Joel come a long ways in not just his singing because you've always been far better now. You've always been able to strum beautifully, but 
Oh, you you you're you're busy. You're busy all the time now. And I remember, you know, mm-hmm. it was just a few days way back in the day. You'd have something going, and you guys were delivering papers or, or the the route and everything like that. And now yep. I see Joe all over town, and I go out to Fort Bend to hand out flyers, and there's Joe up there playing. And so I sit <laughs> and have a beer, and I, you know, I mean, like, and and that makes me happy because he's doing what he loves. He's not settling for that nine to five secure job or whatever it may be. And I I just that's again that's what keeps me going because. You, know, you shouldn't have to go to a job you hate every day or, or yeah. something you don't even like. You shouldn't have to fear going to your work every day. I think it should almost be something you love and, yeah. and, go, we, to, and go to it and whatever. I think that would help people with a lot of trauma, too, is if they just maybe just didn't hate their life so much, for lack of a better word. Right. You know, if you, right. if yeah. you are going to dread something for eight hours, your day's going to suck. There's just no yeah. there's no way about it. And you're not even going to get your enjoyment out of your vacation when that's all you're looking for is the weekends and vacations yeah. away from your job. You're not going to yeah. enjoy it because you spend half the time dreading going back right. and recovering from, right. yeah. you know, the the hardship of it. So let's let's hear this. Let's hear the story if you're willing to share. I'm willing to share. So um, it, it's kind of a, a sob story, if you will. It's a Hollywood story. But uh, so I was a week after graduate high school, uh, which was 2006. And we were up at Holter Lake, um, a girl from high school, I and her brother, and maybe his girlfriend. Um, and we were, we boated, we tubed all day long. Um, and then right across from the boat marina, there was this cliff, and you could go around the back side of it, and you could walk up. And we cliff jumped in high school at the time. You know, I backflipped off 60-foot cliffs and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so I went up there. And I'm standing there looking. I'm like, all right, I just can't. I know I can't. I know I can't make it far enough to jump. Dan will find somewhere else. Well, as I went to turn around, my flip-flop fell off. And as I turned back around and went to put my flip-flop on, the edge of the cliff broke. And I fell head first, at first. And I got my arms swung hard enough to get me around. And then I fell 65 feet into a foot of water. Kind of hit my feet first so shattered my left ankle and broke three toes on my right foot and then my butt hit and blew apart my l2 vertebrae and my lower back just shattered it apart and then i just tipped over backwards in the water and nobody was up there with me well ironically that girl came up a few minutes behind me got to the same edge that i was at and uh looked over and just saw me floating in the water or laying in the water, and my flip-flops floating away, and that's when she knew I wasn't playing. So she ran down, pulled me out, yelled at her brother to go call 911. When he ran over to do that, there was actually a fishing game guy over on the other side who came over. Then 911 got called. Um, she did CPR on me, got me breathing again. So in this foot of water, you were under the water for how long? It, it just was slapping up in my mouth, kind of. Okay. But for a few minutes, I had been sitting there sucking water until she had came up and found me. A few minutes? Yeah, like my left lung got all infected from all the lake water and everything yeah. in there. Um, so a few minutes, and then so she pulled me out. Wolf Creek Volunteer Fire Department came. They came running down the dock to get crossed and there was an older gentleman trolling his boat up and they said hey we have a injured person over here can you give us a ride he said yeah climb on in so he gave him a ride over waited around they did they didn't need his help anymore and we'll come back to him in a second but so they <clears throat> they stabilized me had my face covered blah blah mercy flight came to get me and the story behind mercy flight is my mom and my 
stepdad and my dad are ER nurses and have been for 40 years. Right. A little less. and But they're night shift. So the crew that came to get me, Joe, Rosie, and Charine, I've known since I was about eight years old. So when they got there, they get their stuff out. And I actually just got a letter from Charine, the RN, the other day, um, like about a month ago, that described the events, blah, blah. But they ran over. My face was covered, so they didn't know it was me. I had my hands like this, clenched up against it. And, I mean, I don't remember any of this, obviously. Um, so they got me intubated. Um, that's when they said, what's his name? Someone said Dave, and they said, what's his last name? They said it, and uh, I said, oh, my God, that's that's our Dave. And so they got me out. They got me loaded. As they're loading me, there was a storm rolling in. Holter bad, and they just beat it out of there. Even the the volunteer fire department stuff got stuck on there because the storm was so bad they couldn't get the boat across to get them to their side. Like we just we just missed everything, a million little things. If you mm-hmm, came together, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so they they got me back to the hospital um, through the ER, which everybody knew me then there too, and then up to ICU, and everybody knew me there too, and I ended up um. They told my family to say goodbye the first night because my brain swelling was so bad that I was going to bleed down the back of my spine. And and uh, made it through the first night, made it through the second night, and then kept going, blah, blah. So I spent three weeks in a coma, a week and a half in a, in a coma, and then a week and a half in a medically induced coma. And the brain swelling crushed the left side of my, you know, the nerves that control my left leg. So my left leg is, is skinnier than my right leg. Killed all the nerves and the muscles and stuff in there. And when I first woke up in the hospital... Uh, I couldn't move either leg. Didn't know where I was. You know, had no re- recollection of the day. Uh, so my right leg finally started coming around. My left leg wouldn't work. Um, and then, you know, there was a kid that came in that wrecked his dirt bike, like tipped it over. Nothing crazy. He wasn't doing anything crazy. And he was paralyzed from the waist down. He came in like two days after me. And they, his parents would always come check on me. They were just a very nice family. Him and I ended up becoming pretty good friends. And, he said something one day. He's like, I tell you what, Dave, it, it could always be worse. I said, Steve, you know, you, you're right. And so that's what I lived by was that it could always be worse. Like, I got a little hitch in my giddy-up. That's all I got. And so that was that was back then. So then I went to physical therapy. I finally got out for a month and a half in the hospital, three surgeries. I have a, a cadaver's femur is my L2 vertebrae now with rods and pins and stuff back there. And... uh they told me, my physical therapist told me I'd never walk again. I should switch college majors, and, and my mom should get a handicap accessible van. And I won't say on the radio what I said to him, but I rolled out of there that day, and, and I never looked back, and I learned to walk again from, from wheelchair to walker to crutches to cane. And I had a full leg brace that would lock in the middle so I could put weight on it. Broke that golf on the golf course one day. So I went and got one that just from the knee down, and then about two years later I broke that on the golf course. And, and so now I just don't wear anything at all. And my leg has started to come back as much as it can. It'll probably never, you know, be a hundred percent because it was damaged. But just when he told me that, that it could always be worse. I kind of laughed because like, man, I had to learn to walk again and talk again. Like (laughs) death is really the only thing that could have been much worse, but really paralyzed. Paralyzed would have been a thousand times worse than. Right. I'd rather I'd rather die than have to have someone feed me all the time or you know things like right, that. And right. So I was happy because from that point on, 
my driving force along with great friends and family you know i had friends carry me up hiking trails when someone carry my walker and they'd carry me just so i didn't have to be left out anything we'd float the river and two of them would carry me up the side of these rocky cliffs because i just couldn't get up and so they you know tie a rope to lift me up whatever whatever they could do that i didn't have to be excluded right and i that just meant the world to me and so as i got healthier then that's what i wanted to do was change somebody else's life for the better you know maybe that one thing that you could do and so that's uh that's kind of just i guess how i lived it and i just never really looked back and you know there's there's people in this world that need help far more than you know you or i do and so that's that's what we want to try to do so that's started my own business and <clears throat> tried to, you know, the truck show, blah, blah. And the thing that stuck with the own business, we had a lady come tell us one day, Great Falls had that flood a couple of years ago, three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, her husband, she was pregnant. Her husband was overseas. Her house flooded her basement. She had nobody here. She came to the shop one day. She said, I walked out to my car to kill myself that day because she was just so mentally frustrated and blah, blah. And she climbed into her nice clean car that we just detailed. And she said she couldn't do it because the car was too clean. And I never wondered again what I was doing in this world. Like if I, if that was the one life I saved me and Rob, not just me and my business partner too, if that was the one life we saved, then right. we did it, you know? So that's what I'm happy about this truck show. Cause now we get to make a difference, whether it be an event with PTSD, maybe one of those small businesses had a crap year last year. And maybe this weekend, could have made their year or maybe this weekend kept them doing what they love instead of going and settling for another job. And right. So I just, that's, that's what I like to do is just make people smile and make them just happy. Just make everybody happy. Man, that's a, uh, that's a, that's a good, uh, man, it's a fantastic story. That's yeah. a fantastic story. I, I'm a firm believer that, that all of us, you know, we have something to recover from and we have a, a story to tell. And so uh, the first thing I want to say is just thank you for sharing. Um, I definitely noticed if you couldn't hear it through the audio, uh, it's an it's an emotional story when you talk about people coming alongside you, when you talk about the million little things that could have yeah. gone different that you wouldn't be here today yeah. or things would be different and, uh, and, and just all of that. And I appreciate, you know, sharing your emotion uh, with, with us and with our listeners and, and then the, the positivity that comes from it. Cause I feel after an event similar to this, um, you know, and, and you even alluded to having a, a kind of rough childhood with, with some drinking there. There's two different ways you can go. You can get bitter or you can get better. And uh, it seems that a lot of the things that you've gone through, you've, you've said, well, this is going to make me better. Yeah. I'm not going to become bitter because this happened to me and that yeah. happened to me, but I'm going to become better. And not only that, I'm going to help others become better. I will. Yeah. More than anything, I'll say it, it just kind of changed my perspective on life, you know, yeah. I never, I never, I asked twice why. I can remember why I asked uh, just why me, you know, mm-hmm. but on the same note, no matter how many times you ask that, it isn't going to change a darn thing, right? So yeah. it isn't going to make me better all of a sudden. And maybe, maybe he did that. And again, whatever people's beliefs are, I'm kind of the man upstairs, but why he did that is, is maybe because I was going to get hit by a drunk driver going down the road or something. He said, no, yeah. I got a different plan for you. Let's slow down a little bit here yeah. and whatever it may be. So yeah, it's just a way to look at it. And the universe has a way of changing your perspective. You it know? does, yeah. It, not, only can, not only can it always be worse, but it can always get better. Yeah. And that's why it's, you know, you, you got to stick around for that. You got to push through. And, and 
to be able to push through is uh, that energy is finding your passion. And that's why we're, that's why I love doing this podcast. We bring people on, we talk about your passion and it usually ends up um, touching on some sort of trauma. We all have some sort of trauma yep. that, that has hurt us or it is, is, is stopping us or making us or giving us a, a wrong view of who we are. And just having a different perspective, having things taken away from you yep. to give you that different perspective if you need it, if that's what you need to open your eyes and then to see, well, now I get to be around trucks doing the thing that I love and you get to give back to people mm-hmm. when maybe you would never get that chance before, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so things can always get better. You know, that's what I try to have because I'm, I'm a very negative person on myself, too. So as you were talking, I was like, I just came up with that. I'm thinking, you know what? You know, I, I say that a lot. Things could always be worse. And that's true to know that there is no bottom of the barrel. They could always be worse. Like no matter where you're at, that could be worse than this. So, right. you know, feel feel good about where you're at. But mm-hmm. also, no, change that perspective. Flip it and go, you know, there's plenty of room for this to get way better. You know, well, and, and if and you're just ready for it. Yeah. When, you're, when you're asking that why, a lot of times the answer is how do you respond to it? Because the why comes out of what, how it changes your life. Right. And, and so the why, you're continuing to still answer of why did this happen to me? You are well, the answer. You Ooh. are the answer. And, and the Maybe. why becomes, you know, what, what kind of success or failure comes out of it. And that's, and that's why the growth that you're, you're seeing in the people's lives that you're changing and, and the, the, the amazingness you bring into Fort Benton, right? And the happiness you bring into truckers when they can look at their truck that hasn't looked the same in, in a year or two, you know? Yeah, and, and uh, uh you know, a lot of these truckers smiled because these little kids that were out here, you know, we were all little boys. We still are at heart. You, you, even little girls, they see all these pink lights. There's just beautiful pink truck out there. And, oh, yeah. you know, the little girls just loved it and thought that was awesome. And little kids, you know, just opening people's eyes to these semis and stuff. And But it, it was more just, I think it's like the small business. I, I heard a quote from uh, a guy we've been doing business with for a lot of years. Very successful here in town. And, and. He has a putting green on his lawn, and I have this corner triangle in my yard, and I thought, oh, man, I'm going to do that to my yard. Like, I'm going to build a putting green on there. So I did it, and I sent him a picture. I said, CJ, you inspired me to do this because you had one in your yard. I said, appreciate that. And he said, I I just heard about your accident, Dave. I had never known that about you in the seven years I knew you. He said, people will help people who help others. He said, you're the inspiration. And so that stuck with me, especially, like, Excuse me. This weekend on Fort Benton, the amount of people that just helped, that just wanted it to be successful, right, was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like that's what made it. That's why we'll be back. I know we'll be back because everybody knew that we were we're just having a show or having a party or getting drunk. We were trying to make a difference in many people's lives and put a smile on many people's faces and have fun. After last year, all we needed was to have a little bit of fun. So mm-hmm. we're excited and- about it and. And it's not what the media wants us to hear. They yeah. want to hear separation, segregation, yep. um, selfishness, yep. you know, that, but the world, man, when you get out and you're experiencing real people in the real world and, and I'm not trying to be all America, no, you know, but, no. but seriously, it's what, it's what our country's founded on is helping your neighbor and, yeah. and looking out for each other. And, yeah. and that's what especially in small town Montana, you're going to get into, but even just, you know, Great Falls, a little bit bigger of a town, you you really get people that want to help other people. And and reaffirm that in a not absolutely great world, there are still a lot of great people out there that, right. That have the same goal as you maybe sitting back quiet and just not as loud or whatever, you know, but you raise them up and they'll raise up to the level to help you out. And 
mm-hmm. they understand the big picture of it all and and that's great that's that made that weekend easier and better people say good job dave but there was a lot of help hands that made it happen so good mm. job dave Mm, good job. Yeah, good job, Dave. Dave. Thanks, you gentlemen, for having me on here. Yeah, ddmgreatfalls.com, Treasure State Chuck Show, Fort Benton. And any other way that you would like people to to get a hold of you, to follow yeah. you, to reach out? Um, you know, we have a Facebook and Instagram page um, for Dave's detail. Uh, we do a lot of before and after pictures on there. Instagram is a little more user-friendly, so you'll, you'll mm-hmm. see stories, mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. of our stories on their daily stories and stuff like that. Um, Instagram, okay. Yeah. yeah. Instagram's where we're trying to lead people for the podcast yeah. as well. And it, it's it's a little more I feel user friendly and a little less um And what what's your what's your handle? Uh Detail Daves. Detail Daves. Detail Daves. So you can find Detail Daves on Instagram. You can find Joe and I on Instagram as well, Brian Gus and Joe Ryan Acoustic, but uh find the page. Uh get after it underscore podcast. Share um, the link on Instagram. Like and it, then review it, subscribe. There's no way that after listening to Dave here in this episode that you don't want to share our podcast. And so that's oh. going to that's gonna help us out a lot. But it also, like, let's get some positivity in the world. And your, your little bit of helping somebody else right now could just be sharing this message with them. And so if you're, you're working right now and this is what you do while you're plugging away at work, uh, pause for just a minute and share this with a friend that might need to hear uh, that's that's recovering from somebody or somebody some somebody or something yeah. Yeah. and and give a share and then yeah. we always appreciate the reviews we've had a few reviews on apple itunes we appreciate your reviews and uh dave anything else you want to say before we get out of here no thank you guys uh for having me on here thank you both for your service and grateful do it again i'll send everybody this way and get the small business world going again cool man it's been our pleasure as always so uh you know All what right. it could always be worse it but could always be worse. It could always get better. We'll see you Absolutely. next time. <laughs> Turn it up. <laughs> uh, till next time. Man, I'm excited. This show was really good. I agree. <laughs> not as good as this music, though. Mm-hmm. Is it not as good as this music, though?